Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Beacons Are Lit, a Lord of the Rings podcast. I am your host for this episode, Matt Guerin. With me, as always, is our fellowship. We've got Kelly Conrad. Hey, Matt. <laughs> and Stacey Lyons. What's up, Matt? Hello. Um, eagle-eyed listeners will uh, already, <laughs> eagle-eared listeners perhaps, hey. will already be noting that uh, there's a member missing from our fellowship tonight. Our, mm. our near and dear host, Mike Marbach, has caught the dreaded COVID-19 and will not be, he's he's basically, he's our Gandalf, he's battling the Balrog, he'll be back as Gandalf the White next Yes. Time. Ooh, tall order for Mike when he returns from being ill. <laughs> yeah. And he wanted us to press he, he wanted us to press onwards. He said, yeah. please, fools, go ahead and record without me. A shocking uh choice from, from Mike. <laughs> yeah. We in- did scream, no, 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 no. <laughs> but in the end, we press on. Yes. Yeah. He's been the primary champion, one might say, of the promise of this series um, since the beginning of our show. The other three of us have been varying degrees of <laughs> skeptical, skeptical, or uh, or just reserved in in their, I guess, judgment. tentatively optimistic, tentatively optimistic, sure, Nihil- nihilistically cynical. Mm. <laughs> Uh, but it's here. It's finally here. Rings of Power is has finally premiered. They gave us two episodes. We're going to do both episodes uh, today. We're going to kind of just mesh them together as we talk about the, the various storylines here. Uh, but I mean, guys, I I don't know anybody. I don't know either of your thoughts yet. So I'm I'm dying to hear. And you know what? And I haven't read a single review about it. I decided not, I usually read a lot of reviews and um, for this series, I decided I'm not going to, cause I want to make up my own mind and I don't want to be swayed. Sometimes I'm swayed. Mm. I want to just, I want to just listen to it. You know, I, I love that, that for you. I, Thank you. I didn't watch any, or I didn't read any reviews prior or any opinion based pieces. I read nothing before watching it because I wanted to also just generate my own opinion. But then <laughs> I read just a few reviews afterwards purely because I didn't want to miss something obvious. I'm like, I'm like, oh, is there something I'm not thinking about? Um, yeah. Lo and behold, not really. So okay. you're okay, not that was good. I was going to say, same. oh my God, are there Easter eggs? Should I be, <laughs> what I should I be following? Any, I didn't do any reading before watching. And then after I watched, thought about it for a while, kind of developed <laughs> my own thoughts and opinions on it. And I was like, all right, let me let me throw this up against the New York Times, let's say. Yeah. Mm. Did you read the New York Times? From the New York Times. I did read the New York Times. I read that one too, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I got my one article in before the paywall blocked me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not paying, not paying 10 bucks a month to you. I yes. st- what do I, I look st- like? Yeah. Yeah. That's um, interesting. I did the opposite. I read, I read a bunch before and now I'm in and I'm like, you know what? Mm. Stay the course. How you feel is how you feel. Because sometimes you get wrapped up in thinking, I liked this, but maybe I shouldn't, or I didn't like this, but now someone's telling me I should. How you feel about the show, listeners, is okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, you don't. This have is a to safe space. Our opinions differ yeah. from yours. You don't have to come at us. But uh, yeah. So may I? Did y'all see? Um, I think this came out today. That I guess Amazon blocked their review or like did something yeah, to their you, review. Yeah, because if you Google 
Rings of Power review, the next 25,000 results are all Amazon blocked fans from reviewing their site, Amazon uh, gating trolls from, from review spamming their, their page or whatever. Yeah, I saw a headline that I didn't read it, but I, it suggested that people were trying to leave reviews before the show was out. <laughs> so they blocked it, which that's fair. If you're going to try to game the system, the system's going to get you back. So yeah. No, it's fine. Trolls are going to be trolls. Got to block them, I guess. That's that's whatever. Yeah, we uh, all have to have hobbies. That's theirs. But also, you know, are they, I don't know, how much of it's trolls, how much of it are just gen- people just genuinely being like, I don't know. Hate it. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. But enough of the trolls and enough of critics' thoughts. What did you guys think? So these are general, general thoughts. Yeah, sure. I want to. I, I mean, this is what I'm dying to know, and then we'll, we'll jump in and we'll talk about it. And we'll get a little bit more in the weeds with it. For me personally, <laughs> bit of a mixed bag, mm-hmm. but overall, I think it was better than I thought it was going to be. Positive. That's positive. And I, because I think some of the highs for me beat out what I would have considered like the lows, mm-hmm. and that's how I'm judging it. Wow, right. what a diplomatic overall. Response. That's overall, and that's vague. So. You know, yeah. anyone else? Um, I feel very similarly, um, mixed bag. Uh, I, I am trying to just relax because mm-hmm. it's just two episodes. So right. I'm like, you know, there is much to be seen. Um, I would say at the moment I'm feeling similarly, Stacy, where it was better than I thought it was going to be but my criticisms are pretty significant. Like if these, if these things don't improve, mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I don't think it's going to turn out well. <laughs> my opinion's not going to turn out. They're this not going to like what I do. <laughs> um, was that a threat? Uh, yeah. So I think generally I'm, I'm Kelly, just her phone starts beeping. It's like, you've been blocked from Amazon Prime. <laughs> yes. Let's just turn that over. Um, yeah, but I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to episodes to come. Yeah. Yeah. Matthew, yeah Matt. we're, all, we're all in the same general area vicinity, I think. Um, I, yeah, mixed bag. Like I watched the first episode yesterday and then I watched the second episode today to give myself a little time to digest. Mm, smart. First episode, I was like, I was like, okay, there's like, there's a couple characters I'm interested in. There's a couple uh, not, but like maybe they'll get cool. But like there's, there's some <laughs> interesting like setup here. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of in, like I was entertained. Like, uh, and then the second episode, I was like, oh, Okay, like the second episode, like didn't like I thought like you're releasing two episodes, like that first episode is going to be a lot of like, you know, uh, setting up, and then the second episode maybe more of like delivering on something, but the second episode was also just more, and even kind of like less. It felt like the second episode felt like a lot of like filler and fluff to me yeah. in some ways, but um, and so I'm just kind of like, ah, yeah, like this is fine, this is good in some ways but if it wasn't lord of the rings would i be out by now like mm. i i might be or i might give it like another one or two um but it's how many episodes in this hanging by a thread there are 10 episodes there's gonna, gonna be, be 10 seasons, 10 episodes each yeah. okay 
I can't wait to go storyline by storyline because Let's I want to. I want to so, talk about our. Yeah, I want to talk. I want to talk about this. We got to talk about it. Right, so we ta- start with. Uh, we'll start with our. I, I would say primary lead, who is Galadriel. Um, sure. Her in Valinor as uh, Valinor. 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 <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna try. Let's um. They are going hard on the R's here already. Yeah. It's kind of um, all over the place too, because she doesn't go as hard on her own R, Gladriel, as like well, other she, people. Yeah, do. she <laughs> is a Welsh actress, and you can kind of hear that in her voice. Overall, yeah. I think she does a pretty good job with with her Kate Blanchett accent. <laughs> but you can hear it, and I kind of yeah. like love it because I love a Welsh accent, but I know that that's not the point. So, okay, you know. yeah, I think. Um, in general, the accents in the series so far are, they're just going for it. Like, I think, I, I i can't help but obviously compare a lot of this to Peter Jackson's trilogy, but it's just like, when you think of the accents, like a lot of those actors like weren't from the UK. So it's like, they had this very slight English draw versus you can tell in this series already it's like it seems like most of these actors are from the UK mm-hmm. so it's like you're getting some hard accents which I'm here for but I think every single name they say Galadriel is Galadriel Valinor Valinor it's like <laughs> we're we're really swinging for the fences here and it, it, it's like is it a little distracting kind of but not a big deal well, can, I mean, what can you do? I, the accents are so hard. I mean, I'm not a trained actor, dialectician in any way. I can't do shit with my voice. So I'm always impressed when anyone can do anything about it. What can you do? Yeah. Bitch you about know, it on a podcast. Yeah. Can't fight, I can't <laughs> fight the <laughs> moonlight, you know? You can do. Uh, but we meet like young Galadriel, right? She like builds a, a boat, uh, a magical like paper boat and goes to like sail it down a river He's doing origami. It, it, it transforms. It's starting to like turn into a crane or a bird, and it's gonna fly away or sail away. Um, and uh, and then some shitty kids throw rocks at it and sink it, and she like kind of beats almost beats one of them up before her brother um, interferes. Her brother's name Finrod, which is it honestly as a parent of a young child, it made me feel better to know that this has been going on since literally before the sun came up. Is what they were saying. I was like, yes. oh, this isn't my shitty parenting. Kids are just monsters. Good. Yeah. Kids are the worst. such assholes. Yeah. Even little elvish kids, you know. Are they in so are kids. they in Valinor in this yeah, they're in opening? Yeah. And then and then the okay, so Valinor, I always imagined it as like like a heaven-like place, but it is like another land where they mm. just live forever without the threat of death or anything like that. Well, this is Valinor in the first age, right? And then we'll mm-hmm. see. The then they cross the sea. Gates of Valinor at the end of the episode where Gladriel fails. And that, so that what... seems like Valinor in the second age that's been rebuilt after, what was it, Morgoth destroyed yeah. it? Or whatever. I guess now it's maybe more of a heaven. Like it's still the, It's like more still protected. The, the gates land, don't open. Seems, yeah, it seems a little bit more mystical and a little bit mm. more. Okay. Magical. It was nice to see. I've been waiting to see it for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. I, 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 yeah. There's, there's a lot of beautiful stuff in this. Like, mm-hmm. the series does look good in parts. They throw a lot of money on the screen, and you, you can definitely tell. But like, yeah, I don't know. A lot of it comes out of the taste for me though, too, because like some of it's just like, 
so 4k high dynamic range like the colors are like so bright and unnatural looking <laughs> like when yeah. we see like, some of the, like the leaves and like the other elvish place in, in in middle earth that we get to later like the leaves are so yellow i'm just like, why are they so bright <laughs> yeah. and then like the details like so crystal clear in parts where it's like even stuff that shouldn't look fake and that maybe is real like like stonework on like houses and stuff like maybe that's real stone or maybe it's like styrofoam facade but like it looks fake because of just how crystal clear like some of this this stuff is so but that's just me being an old man and being tired of technology no i mean i i agree i do think in general the world is like beautiful and i think in general the world building is cool i like we'll get into it more later but i i almost think they they put through a shit ton of money to like build all these different cities. It's very Game of Thrones, the way that they're going to these different like locations and we're meeting these characters. I almost am like, you spent so much time, like let us explore these places a little more. You're dropping us in these vast areas. And then we're just going to a completely different area. Like we're it's the series starts off like really, really hot <laughs> in that sense. And it's a little overwhelming, but I agree, Matt. I think it's, it's a little, it feels just, and this is what I was nervous of to begin with, just a little overly manufactured almost. And I'm not sure, I, I maybe I'd have to go back, but I'm not sure the detail is there the way that like all of, again, you know, Weta made all these, they handmade all of the armor and all the uniforms. And I almost thought like in the first episode, if you looked close at Galadriel's garb, it Sometimes I'm like, oh, that looks kind of shitty. <laughs> Young Galadriel's ears were distractingly terrible. I don't know if you guys noticed this. Like the makeup job? Like the prosthetic Young Galadriel. Mm. Go back and rewatch it. There's like a <laughs> hole in the middle of her ear, like the size of a golf ball. It's not good. But I would agree. I, th- it's, I mean, it's I think hard it's- to do like prosthetic makeup in yeah. like when everything's like ultra HD because yeah, because I can see it. Like you can literally see the seams, and you wouldn't have seen that if it were on film. Yeah, I definitely, I didn't mind Valinor looking like that. I minded that everything else kind of looked like that. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to show us Valinor, like let it be beautiful, majestic, but then like show us some grit elsewhere. Everything else was like very, I guess that one town with Arondir and Bronwyn was like grimy and, but But even then it was like fake grimy, right? Like, yeah. I mean, the real grime. And again, I think, you know, I don't know how much of it is like they're doing the exact same stuff that they were doing in the Lord of the Rings movies, but we're shooting it with different cameras. Better, yeah, looks worse now, or if they are doing like a worse job, I'm not sure. Uh, probably a little bit of both. Okay, uh, can I can I just say it though? Can I say what we might all be thinking? Oh my god, please! Gladriel stuff is boring. Or what? Gladriel stuff is boring. Oh, it's boring. Oh, interesting. Okay. Oh, you weren't you didn't think that. No, I think Galadriel is, I think her storyline is very like straightforward and stuff, but it's also a kind of a revenge storyline, right? I so, was, yeah, well, I was so in on it at the very yeah. beginning, being a revenge storyline. Love it. Here we go. I'm in. I don't need to know all this information. Like they give it to me. And then it's two episodes of her and well, she I, has become such a one dimensional character in this. Yeah. She I has think like the no. First episode was interesting. The second episode stuff, like that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier. Where I was like, oh, this is kind of like filler. It felt like it's like she's just 
literally adrift and like just kind of floating from one thing to the next i'm like oh this feels like episode of the week kind of shit like yeah and she has nothing else to talk about but this one thing which is cool if that's like her focus and like that's what she's doing all season but like have a backstory have something you know what i mean well, like we, she's we keeping... just we're in her backstory right now we're in valinor we're seeing her as a kid. <laughs> she's giving us a i know we have a one like... origami thing and a brother yeah. and like that's all we know about her personally the brother like... thing got tied up the, so the, so after the the boat gets destroyed and she's about to beat up the kid her brother is like you know you gotta i get something to the effect of like you know follow like the light or whatever and she's like but sometimes the water reflects the light, the stars in the sky, just as brightly as the stars in the sky. So how do I know which light to follow? And vomit, vomit. And we it's don't a too know. long we of a metaphor. It's too long of a metaphor for an 11 year old. It's, it's just it's clunky. It's a little it's bit. Cl- it is. It's clunky. <laughs> it's clunky. Yeah. It's forced. I, sorry, Matt. I know we're trying to get through Galadriel's plot, plot line, no, but to Stacy's, to, to Stacy's point, it's, I agree. I think so far they've pigeonholed Galadriel to be very one di- one dimensional. Not only that, her storyline is it's fine that it's basic, but it I don't think it's a good A plot. Like Galadriel's clearly the A plot for this first season, and I'm not sure there's enough heart or pathos in that story to connect the audience to her. So I just think it's, she's a very weird character to ascent to being in a more like immortal being the highest of creatures in this universe. It's like, where is the interest in following someone who's basically invincible? It's just, it's kind of like, okay. That, and we like, we obviously care that she lost her brother, but like we see him but for all of 11 we? seconds. Do and we? so not really, right? I like we care, I kinda don't we, care about Finrod. Like we care because we're like, oh, she lost her brother. Oh, if I lost my brother, I'd be sad too. But like you can, it's like a relatable kind of I, thing, but like it's, there's maybe. just so few back and so much forward. And also my other thing with it is she's mirroring Kate Blanchett, right? She's mirroring like how stoic she was and how kind of expressionless she was and how she like said a lot with just like the glare of her eyes. But the, keep in mind, like that Kate Blanchett Galadriel was however many thousands and thousands and thousands of years in the future. Like it would have been okay for me personally, if a director was like, you can have expressions, you don't have to be exactly like her because we all expect people to change as, as time goes on. Maybe you'll be hardened by then. Like, I think she's, I think she and the director and whoever's created this Gladriel is trying so hard to make it be like that, like very, poised stoic Cape Blanchett type Gladriel and I just don't think that fits here and it's going to get so boring if she does this episode I in an episode out. I, I disagree slightly in that like I think she's not necessarily mirroring Cape Blanchett I think she's trying to evoke aspects of her um less than mirroring but like I think I don't know that she's like totally stoic though like I, I think she's giving she's definitely got a lot more anger and rage in her than we see of Gladriel, but then we see of Kate Blanchett Gladriel. Like she is like quivering in like rage sometimes. Yes. But even then it's quiet. It's quiet though. Yeah. It's quiet, but I think that's kind of what I mean. Instead of stoic, it's like, I wouldn't uh, want a Gladriel who's like, 
<laughs> I can fly it off the walls at insane and shit. No, but know? like that's the point. If all you're giving is anger, it doesn't really matter if she's flying off the rails or if she's just slightly quivering and kind of more quiet about it. It's like boring. Like, like I, I want I actually, more of any any other emotion in her. That her, I don't know. I don't know if her storyline's most interesting or if I just if she to me is giving the best performance of the four main leads. I'm I'm most interested in what's going on in her story than any of the other ones I think I think I felt the same way after they were in that like cool castle in the in the woods or in the winter in the in the first episode and after the boat thing I'm just like I hope that you bone this guy because that's what I need right now like I need a little excitement Um, I need a love story here yeah I feel like hot 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 guy and just do it we're all thinking of it Go for it. And then let's save season. Let's save episode three. Let's have some love in episode three. I just, I think it's like a really strange choice to place your emotional anchor on the least emotional creature of this universe. Like elves famously don't really express their emotions very freely. And I think that's what it comes down to for me personally is I do agree with Matt in the sense that Galadriel is going to have the most epic story. Like her story is going to have the largest scope and she's probably going to do the craziest shit. We can see that she's like an amazing warrior and fighter, all these things, but it's just like, Oh, can an audience connect with that story on an emotional level? And so far I'm not, I'm not there. I yeah, totally agree with that, Kelly. Yeah, that's totally fair. I don't know that I'm emotionally invested in in any of these characters so far, really. Uh, I, I, I agree. I think for, in general that's lacking from the you. series so far. I'll tell you who I'm invested in. Oh, uh, but we do move through like this kind of like prologue-esque, uh, like prologue from the, the film trilogy kind of sequence after we leave Valinor, where we're, we're going through the kind of destruction of Valinor by Morgoth, right? And then like the elves move, uh, sets out like Middle Earth, and then they're waging war against orcs in Middle Earth, and we get some wet orc action. It's oh. and wet orcs in that rain, fighting <laughs> elves, Finrod's getting crowded and killed. Did that Great. turn you on, Matt? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a group of wet orcs. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, it's getting, getting hot and Hot and bothered by that that little <laughs> sequence for sure. I didn't think that that battle was as exciting as I wanted it to be either. No, none of this is as <laughs> yeah, none of it's as exciting as the <laughs> like the movie prologue. We talked about it, I think, for like forty an minutes. hour <laughs> and a full like, episode. Holy shit, it's so exciting! It's so incredible, and then this is kind of sleepy. It's so and it's so muddied. Like there's muddied. so much going on that you lack detail and specificity it kind of just seems like an orgy of these high definition images and it's like wait a minute what am I even seeing like yeah so it it just felt a little a little chaotic it's it's hard to compete with Kate Blanchett's prologue because that's probably one of like the best prologues and if you're gonna do another like parallel prologue it's got to be damn good and this wasn't yeah it was it was a fine way to start and i appreciate actually the way they started it was like yeah i mean and so then we like yeah and so like finrod dies and then that's her brother yeah his whole mission was to uh kill like the evil that destroyed valinor like sauron 
um, and, uh, and and all the orcs and whatnot. And so Galadriel's whole mission now, seemingly for this entire series, or at least for this series so far, is going to be just finishing her brother's job, destroying orcs and destroying the evil that destroyed Valinor in the beginning. Um, and now she's in the in Faradwaith, which is like the north northmost part of Middle Earth, and they're climbing CG ice cliffs <laughs> in capes, like in high winds. I'm like, y'all should not be wearing capes on the right. side. Right, that's cliff. slowing you down. Um, it's dangerous, it's just, is what it is. Yeah. It's a dangerous journey. Cape. They have ice picks and no ropes. Yeah, no ropes. Uh, and it's like her and like this little like uh, platoon of of elf soldiers that she's leading, and they go into this cave, and there's like this hot. Uh, uh, anvil i guess maybe uh, this anvil it's like still hot even though everything's been like just uh every this whole like fortress has been abandoned for a while and the the she pours some water on the the anvil and the symbol of like sauron appears although she doesn't know that that's like what it is yet i guess um and so like the trail's close and then her soldiers are like we're getting out of here right um yeah they're like we they're, are gonna come clean with you yeah. we have been following you just to like play nice we yeah. were done months ago we're gonna go home and then we get this cave troll attack which this snow cave troll attack so it's like which is so funny the way they yelled like snow troll <laughs> yeah. because i was like you really couldn't have thought of it like i guess it's supposed to be like a cave troll a snow troll who's naming these trolls yeah daytime troll nighttime troll yeah it's like if you were to be attacked by a bear would you like scream black bear grizzly bear, forest know? bear <laughs> you would probably just say bear, bear. When they bear. Snow, like are there different powers of a snow troll over a cave troll yeah no i, don't, I have no idea i don't think so i will say this sure. snow troll looked scary very scary no we don't we didn't so. get enough of him and it was like such a quick Dude, I mean, quick work of it the cave troll scene we had like eight men in different corners giving them their best stuff and snow troll it took them all out and then galadriel just got to like one-on-one -on -one him and i was like which oh. yeah which was a little I mean, again, I think it's awesome that we're seeing this, the like warrior side of Galadriel, but it's also annoying when someone is like that good. Like, was no one else as if no one else is like even why are you there? As, exactly. Why does like, she? Why are to? you even? Yeah. You're dead. Wait. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all of that I have an issue with. My larger issue was this is the first action beat, of, like true action beat of this series. And I, it, kind of comes out of nowhere and and not in like a good way i wasn't like oh i'm so scared now like there was there was like zero like tension build up right like mm. back to the the minds of moria right when that troll finally burst through the thing like there's so much build up and terror uh, approaching that we're seeing all the looks on everybody's faces mm -hmm. it's so well orchestrated so that the moment that that cave troll comes through the doors of minds of moria it's like holy fucking shit they are going to die right well and like i feel like i know happens. something about a cave troll just from watching all, like i feel like exactly. i'm like okay cave trolls are dangerous like this, here i'm like a snow troll yeah <laughs> this this scene just kind of is thrown upon you and they throw some stuff there's no geography there's no clear sense of geography to where anybody is or kind of like what's happening so there's like 
not really any sense of like tension or stakes. And then we get kind of like Gladriel does a cool run up the sword and flips over him and, you know, it does some cool moves, but it's. You see a bunch sick. of really cool shit in Black the West. dark. Yeah. I also, I think the thing about the cave troll is when it finally enters, you get like a face on look at it. You're like, okay, that's the cave troll. But then with the snow troll, you're kind of like, I know I just said it looks scary, which I, I'm standing to that. I, I do, but I do think it was a bit of a cop out in the sense of like, what the fuck does this thing even really like look like? Like we, yeah. cause it was in, it was in the dark. And I, and I, it's a pet peeve of mine when like action sequences like that are not on full display. It makes me think you're just hiding the abilities of your actor or the CGI or whatever. So I'm like, like Matt said, this was the first action sequence of this film, the first kind of this series, the first like creature we're seeing up front and like you barely even get a minute with it. I think that's kind of an overall issue with the series so far is everything is like moving so fast. I agree. And even yeah. and because of that, or maybe even like in spite of that, like you could still tell when it was like a body double, when it was CGI, when it was like sped up, like even I could tell that. And I was like, the like the fighting felt so real in the first one. And also like they walked into its home. Like the cave troll was clearly like a member of the <laughs> army, but like that snow troll was like just straight chilling in the snow in the mountains. Watching TV, I felt like drinking it. hot cocoa and they barged into... <laughs> his home and he was like ah oh, no, what's going on and and yeah i mean i was like not super on board with this whole little action sequence here and it's tough though because like then the the title card comes up rings of power right and it's like okay that that was your cold open like the cold open is supposed to get me like hyped to watch the rest of the episode right but like this first 10 minutes of the show then the credits happen i was kind of like okay all right. I like, felt like that was a really oh. awkward time to show the title of the show. It's like, why didn't you show it after the prologue yeah. or yeah. something? Yeah, like show it on an upbeat and I don't know. I, I felt like that was like such awkward timing for the title. Yeah. Also, like this is this is gonna be a huge, huge wall that they are up against doing like a like a prequel, but we know Galadriel's not gonna die in the next five seasons. So, yeah. I mean, like any kind of danger she's in feels low stakes to me. I think unless that's the issue inter- with her in general. Yeah, unless they're gonna introduce other characters. And this goes for like the whole show. I mean, we have Elrond, like we know where he ends up. And like, there's so many characters that like, we know what happens to them that we feel like, okay, well, they're gonna be okay that's going to be like a huge barrier to come up against and make us really like invested in the stakes of their story. And like Galadriel, like unless she's really surrounds herself with other characters that we've never met before that we love, it's just going to feel like low stakes. Yeah. Agreed. Um, and like, the, so the next thing that happens with her, is she, she was just in the North, like, like hundreds uh, of miles away in the North and the next time we see her, she's in like the Elvish capital called Linden. Uh, she meets up with Elrond. They're like friends. They have a history together. And um, basically, she's like telling Elrond, I'm going to go hunt Sauron still. And I want to talk to the king about it. And uh, uh, Elrond's like, you know, 
just wait. Like he's got some honors for you could be in big trouble because you've been like not listening to his orders to come back. And he's choosing to recognize you as like a hero instead. So like pump the brakes, like no, no, you're no kind of like, yeah, the, the King's like not super happy with you, but he's, he's uh, extending you kind of like, um, uh, a courtesy by kind of rewarding you. Uh, and what his ultimate reward is to send them, send her to Valinor, right? And then I guess at the end of the episode is when the next time we see her is towards the end of the episode of one, episode one, uh, where she's going to the gates of Valinor. And it's this amazing, like, cloud the clouds part and there's it's it's heaven it's, it's heaven it's like a, it's like almost like a euphoric kind of light yeah. like even i can tell like as an audience member i'm like oh shit this place looks like you're gonna be happy forever um yeah. was the king the king was trying to reward her with this right like we're supposed to understand that everyone kind of really truly believes that sauron is gone darkness is gone they've defeated morgoth and his minions and whatever like they truly believe this isn't just to like shut her up and be like we're done with this we don't want to keep talking about this right yeah i don't know where the king truly stands though because like we see him pick up on like some small things right um of like the leaf kind of like rotting but i forget like where that that occurs in like the timeline but like it's at the very end it's It's right the comet hits right yeah but as far it's like Galadriel jumps off the ship and then we cut back to Elrond um, and that other elf and he picks up a leaf and it's like dying. Yeah. So it's like at the end when it's when the comet hits kind of that whole same time. So so we have no reason to believe that the king doesn't really think that this is done. We have no reason. I kind of think uh king gilgalad is his name um i kind of think that he's a little bit of like look there might be something but like we can't keep doing this like we <laughs> we, we we just want to get on with our lives a little bit like it's just like uh come on like let's just let's just stop like maybe there's something but like right now we're good and like everything around here is good so let's just relax Can we i want to talk about elrond in this context just in this context i was so excited to see him yeah, I thought that he really does kind of look like a young Hugo Weaving, <laughs> like facial features and stuff. And he was just like so soft and friendly and happy in a way that Elrond in the future isn't. Yeah. And I kind of loved that. Interesting. Yeah. Like I, I, I am so on board with these characters being different than how they are in the movies, because like you ha- like, especially the elves, because it's thousands yeah, I kind of liked the Elrond dude, which I didn't, the, the actor is playing him, like, I was like, oh, this guy's giving, like, a, a noteworthy performance a little bit, and, like, yeah. um, I don't think he looks like Hugo Weaving at I all. do, I, I <laughs> see it. I like, imagine it. him, like, weathered and with his, like, really long hair. I think you can get there. I think yeah. they both have prominent foreheads. Sure. Um, sharp, sharp, angular features. Yeah, I think I think in general the performances are so far pretty solid. And yeah, I think young Elrond, I think they're making him a little kind of like like if 
there was like a preppy jock in this universe, it would be a young Elrond. Like they open or like a preppy academic. They like open up with him, like writing to himself. And I'm just like, okay, it seemed like a little obnoxious, but I agree that it's nice to see these other sides of these characters. Um, but yeah, I think so far he, he's like, has a, has a charm to him, a jovial charm. Um, him like, yeah, opening, I think that was pretty good. Opening. You're right. Mandy doesn't look that similar. I look to his side. Like, <laughs> oh, him writing in a tree by himself. I was like, Oh, this is where he starts getting a little extra. This is where yeah. I can see how he gets there later. Well, I, I was like, like, so, like a little dramatic, like a little, like one for a little bit of flair. Yeah. Just dip, dipping his toe and seeing how he feels when he's being a little It was extra. definitely like Bilbo vibes originally for me. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Like we're kind of like working in this kind of like element mm-hmm. where we're writing the story within the story a little bit, but then it just turned out to be King Gilgalad's like speech, which I thought was kind of like fun. Um, yeah. And he was kind of like mouthing the words. Mouthing along to like, it. I thought that was really cute. Going along. Um, and, and, yeah, and then, and so continuing with Elrond, um, he speaks with the king at, at one point about Gladriel, I think, right? I'm trying to what, remember. The, what the is, what's like Elrond's, um, like, job description? Like, what's his title He's in like this? Speechwriter, consultant, speech I don't know. Because <laughs> even though the king is mad at Gladriel, he's like, you know what? if after like all this is said and done you still want to talk to him i'll get you a meeting with him like he's got the king's ear yeah and i'm like oh he's pretty high up yeah yeah and so then like his whole setup seems to be at the end of episode one king gilgalad's like have you do you know the work of Celebrimbor? he's like oh the the famous the famous elvish uh smith of course i know him and uh, he's like, well, he's working on this mission of singular importance, and uh, we want you to be a part of it. And then Celebrimbor walks up, and Celebrimbor, weird vibes coming off Celebrimbor. S- such know. weird vibes. He reminds me of like, <laughs> like, like a theater department's, um, like the head of a theater department, but like in a high school. <laughs> That's what the vibe I got from him. Yeah, I don't like know. He's- He's like way he was a, too, like esteemed in himself for, but like I guess he earns it. But like he, I don't know. He just seemed like cocky, also kind of evil. But I think that that's like kind of appropriate. I think Celebrimbor is like kind of a, from what I remember of the Shadows of Mordor video game, he's kind of a a, a little. He dabbles in the darkness a little bit. But like also a little too like like peppy for an elf. Like like he, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> there was something about him where I was like, you don't feel like an elf. But then I believe in, that you are, but yeah. And then in episode two, though, he's kind of like, oh, I've never done anything great and like compared to the real greats and stuff. So I'm like, what is your deal, good sir? We need to know everyone's <laughs> jobs. Yeah, <laughs> I need I need it to be like the real world or something where they just keep showing names, ages, and then like a brief job description underneath, <laughs> like like on The Bachelor or something. Like just, if they could throw that up like every like few appearances, that would help me out a lot. Yeah. Yeah, he's weird. He's got some strange vibes. I think when he first comes on the screen, I don't know why. I don't even like really watch Star Trek, but I'm like, oh, you kind of look like you should be in space. That's great. That is so, that's perfectly put. He does look like a Star Trek cast member, for sure. And 
I'm just like, oh, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Um, so then Gladriel refuses the, almost refuses the crown, goes to Valinor, jumps off the ship. What's her jumps fucking off. plan, right? She jumps off the ship before it goes, crosses through to Valinor. Na- this is all of her friends. A her nightmare friends, situation. Like, don't do this, it. This is terrible. She just jumps into She's, the ocean. Has- like, no flotation device. It's the, oh, it's the ocean. <laughs> but again, to Kelly's point, I think we're not that worried, right? Because it's obviously we know Gladriel's fine. But I was super like- worried. <laughs> like, I, no, like saying what I said before about like low stakes, isn't that being in the middle of the ocean with nothing around is like my greatest fear. Oh man. And I was like, what's she gonna do? And Walker was like, she's my husband was probably like, he's like, she's probably just gonna swim. And I was like, haha, no way. <laughs> she's swimming just freestyle stroking down that uh, (laughs) through the ocean but that's kind of i guess that bothers me it bothers me because she jumped off this boat and for a minute because stacy that scares me as well just the ocean in general like when i'm just safely on the shore looking at it i'm like oh that is a terrifying place so i was scared for a minute and then immediately after i was like i don't know how she's gonna get out of this situation but we know that she will and that's just gonna be every challenge that galadriel has i'm just gonna say okay don't know how but it'll be fine and as a viewer it's like that's so uninteresting i know that's the problem because we already know we know she's fine we've known that we've known that all along yeah it's 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 like you said it's a tough it's tough you said it perfectly it's a tough place to put your a game material yeah for that to be like your a plot if you want yeah standpoint if you need a compelling like storyline with her it's got to be through relationships yeah and she doesn't have any yet Still none. Yet. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she, <laughs> she's swimming. She gets picked up right by like uh, a shipwrecked, like hodgepodge group of people that have like assembled some wreckage and have kind of like made a boat out of it. And it's a group of, of uh, humans. Um, How long um, do we think Galadriel was swimming for? She looks as dewy as the day is long. She looks great here. Not like the humans looked like chapped and dehydrated and like windswept dead i thought they were looks dead gorgeous so i don't know but then she gets aboard and she's like uh like give me that water like i need water thirsty uh but i was like you again yeah you look fun (laughs) it's probably like how legolas was always like running and running and running and running and he still looked like he was like they used a boundless energy i like that she covered up her ears before she got on board and like they they kind of keep to we see it more in Aaron Deer's plot line, but they keep alluding to this kind of tension between elves and humans, which was cool. Um, and then she, but then it gets like exposed immediately. Like I thought for sure, like she's covering up the ears. Like okay, we're gonna spend most of this episode on this boat, and then they're gonna find out she's an elf, and then their things are gonna go bad, and she's gonna have to bail. No, no just like immediately they find out she's an elf, and then immediately there's this huge. They call it a worm. It's like in Dune. It's like if the thing from Dune had fins, I guess. Yeah, and spikes, I guess. Yeah. Um, Was it aquatic and, based? And this attacks their ship. Um, another big kind of action creature sequence, uh, and um, that we see but don't really see. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Which I was fine with. Like that thing out of the water is going to probably look not great. It's going to maybe. <laughs> 
like you know like the uh what's the 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 monster outside of the the gates of Kazadun in in fellowship like the octopus thing that it, that attacks them mm, yeah that the poseidon look, head keep that underwater you know but you know what i mean <laughs> like, uh so i was kind of fine with not seeing it all but it also just like it's another action sequence that just kind of happened without much like build up tension or scariness i guess it was kind of scary when the when you see from the top you see the raft from the top and you see like just below the water classic like shot of just like holy crap this thing's so big compared to them and it's a little frightening there. so you know what my thing is is that the worm was a regular player in a lot of their trailers so i'm like oh okay if you're going to continue to show this worm I want a little more, I want more than what I'm going to get from the trailer, mm. which I don't feel like we got. So that's the only reason I was expecting more is I'm like, oh, they, they keep on showing this creature. So I thought maybe it was, has, it was going to have a little more of a debut. And I love me a creature. Like I want to, I, I want to see it. It could be back. It might be back. Cause we're, I didn't see it in the trailer. <laughs> Should I have? <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's, I am... it's there to the, uh to your to that though kelly i am kind of happy that i feel like i've seen a lot of the shots that are remembered from the trailer yeah. already so i'm Same. like okay cool like this is a little bit more exciting hopefully of like okay they've they've actually used a lot of stuff from early on so they haven't like spoiled anything so like there's going to be cool because like i mean i mean most train... of the trailer is from these first two episodes yeah right yeah so, like, which cool, I think like is great. Coming. I like I like that. Yeah, I agree with you. We've already that. got this character kind of turning up with the stranger who, you know, we kind of know who he is, right? The man on the boat? Oh, no, the, the stranger? Uh, oh, okay. No, sorry. Um, okay, I don't know. No, we're we'll not get, there yet, though. We'll get to him, though. Um, so then uh, on, the, on that original uh, shipwreck kind of crew was this guy, Halbrand, who manages to also survive the, the sea creature attack, picks up Galadriel, um, and they kind of have this like frenemy ship at first, right? Now, Stacey, it sounds like you're pretty into this Hallbrand guy. Yeah, no, I am. I am praying for there to be a romantic relationship between the two of them. Not because like, not because I need it to be like a rom com or anything like that, but because like again, I need a human story in here. I need to care about this guy, and then I need him to like die. Or else her storyline is going to just be the same old, like, she's in a pickle, but she's going to be fine. She's in a pickle, but she's going to be fine. Like, I need to care about someone she's with a lot, you know? I kind of don't care about this guy at all. Granted, <sighs> we, like, we haven't had a lot of time with him. I do not care about this guy at all. And I'm not sure how much... It definitely seems like the series is leaning into romance more than the movies did which is cool i wonder how far they're gonna go like are we gonna get some steamier scenes we will i guess we will see um but so far the i don't know i'm just like all right next swipe yeah, the, left am wow. i right yeah. wow the, the brand guy's not doing anything for me either so really. far so it, far I, yeah I, I read after watching the episode that there's some theories out there that he may be Sauron. Sauron's known to be a shapeshifter. Mm, deceiver. He knows where the orcs are. He's from the Southlands, which is what they called the Mordor in the Second Age. 
he's got this mysterious like necklace thing that's uh, with a some sort of vial in it we don't really know what that is um then why would he have saved galadriel from drowning according to the article that's kind of shit sauron does to get to endear him to get the trust of people in high position so that he can manipulate um things to his gain okay i'll be so annoyed if that's the situation but if it is the situation then i'm so annoyed at you for telling me that okay well because i never would have guessed that it's a theory (laughs) (laughs) it's just a fan theory based on an invented character that's never been seen before this is a series original character so i wouldn't put too much faith into what the vulture has to say about okay fine i will say i'm going to say two things a high and a low for me about Galadriel's. Hi, I do like the poetic way that she and the elves talk. I really love some of the things that comes out of their mouth. Like when she's like, um, I can't even, like you haven't even lived long enough for me to tell you all the ways that I've been hurt or something like that. Like that line was lovely when they're talking about like, like why would we go where the sun even fears to rise? Like every kind, everything they say is like a little, a little poetic and I love that. One thing that really took me out of this scene, specifically the ocean, it was like the ocean itself, like going back to what you and Kelly were talking about, it looked pristine. It didn't look like an ocean. It looked like a lake. And I, I could feel like I could tell it was like being filmed in a pool. And it's just like, oh man, like we have so many good, so many good ocean scenes in cinematic history that managed to make it look like an ocean. And this just didn't, for a long time, I was like, I don't think that they're in the ocean. I yeah. think this is like a, a, a narrow straight <laughs> like I, think I, just, I think it's um a set it was well, yeah it felt like that yeah well it, i'm I telling mean, you I, that there's no like i know like i know it was a set but it, like watching it i was like this feels like a set and i don't usually feel like that with ocean scenes like cast i feel away. like the series so far feels that way it all just feels like a set it doesn't feel like <laughs> any of this was really shot on location Location. this was like Um, the really the first big time for me where I was really like taken out of it because of that like you and Matt are much have much better eyes for it and like much higher bars for I think cinematography than I do and this was one where I was like kind of let down by how the ocean looked yeah yeah um we should probably wrap up Galadriel here before we go for like that was my that was my conclusion on Galadriel um yeah so that she like she falls to the bottom of the ocean uh gets gets pulled to the bottom of the ocean and and halberd goes and, and saves her and pulls her back up and then we see a ship pull up at the end of the episode with a figure on there any any takes on who that who, who that is any thoughts no <laughs> no yeah i mean i think it's got to be in numenorians right which are which is where aragorn comes from like the and isildur and stuff so that'd be my guess because they are an island people. They live on the island of Numenor and they were like seafarers and stuff. And I think the guy on the deck, I don't know, could be a Sildor. I don't know timelines and stuff, but like it could be somebody. Yeah, in we're going to have to talk timelines at some point. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, let's jump to, uh, uh, well, let's let's wrap up the rest of um, Elrond, right? So Elrond, after meeting Celebrimbor, is like, okay, I, I got to hook you up with, uh, I got to build a forge for you. That's what Celebrimbor is asking of him. And he's a uh, forge that's hot enough to like breathe uh, fire as hot as dragon fire and as pure as light or something like that. 
and and so then Elrond's like, all right, I know the guys who make the best forges in the world. They're called dwarves, and we're gonna go to Casa Dune. My best bud Durin, he's gonna hook us up uh, with some good forge tech. So let's go to Casa Dune. They cut to just Casa Dune. Like they get there in no time. Again, large complaint about the series. We're just bouncing from place to place. There's no real sense of time, distance, passing at all yet. Even though we were passing, we've already passed through hundreds of years from episode one to this point uh, already, um, which is crazy. Uh, and so then uh, they get, he goes, uh, Elrond goes to the gate of Casa Dune and is like, I'm here to see my friend Durin. And they're like, no. <laughs> and they just shut him out. And for a series that hasn't been funny at all yet, but has tried a couple times um, and failed in my opinion, the dwarves were, a, a comedic highlight i would say in, in the second episode the, oh i totally the agree Durin totally agree matt i was Doris. so happy what's your name um yeah Keith. yeah keep going yeah Keith. it was just great to see him so happy and it wasn't like a forced like hacky jokey type of way they were just genuinely joyful i laughed out loud in several parts i i think you can tell what i'm gonna say i freaking loved these dwarfs I'm like, these are like the dwarves that we don't see a lot of dwarves in Lord of the Rings. We get Gimli and we get back to arguably too much of them in The Hobbit, but we in The Hobbit and it kind of turned and you're (laughs) kind of like, whatever. These are the dwarves I'm like on board with. Like, this is like, it feels like I waited so long to see this, these dwarves. I, I am I so think, excited. I'm so excited about these dwarves. Yeah, I think like Durin and Disa, to correct myself, Disa is his wife. Like I thought they were like such a fun pair. And um, you know, him being like Telron, like, okay, you can come in, but you can't stay for dinner. And then her being immediately like, Elrond, you're here, stay for dinner. Like, I was like, okay, this is like again, it could have been funnier, it could have been a little tighter comedically if that's what they were going for. But I was I was happy to have um, some actual like funny light kind of comedic moments in in there. Again, I think they'd tried a couple times up to this point with some jokes that just like didn't land. Mostly with the elves, because also are to be funny as an elf. <laughs> seeing Kazadun for the first time, guys, how did you feel about that? You know, I don't want to become too negative. So okay, I all right, fine. I loved it. All right, guys, I yeah, loved it. Okay. All right, that was. I was like, this is where they ran. This is what it looked like before. It was all just like, like I, I don't have the imagination to picture what it would have looked like. So I was like very surprised and very happy, and I just like loved it. I mean, I thought it was really cool. I think my, my big complaint is kind of what I already said about just the locations in general. Is I would have loved a little more exploration, like, because you can see that there is stuff going on behind, like when they're walking through one of the bridges in Casa Doom, you can see like behind them that there's like light shining on crops. And it's like, oh, cool. What an, what a unique way to like envision how they like farmed and grew crops mm-hmm. down there. It's like, I would have loved just a little more detail and specificity about daily life in all of these locations. We get it with like the Harfoots, which we'll get to later, but you spend all this time and money and energy into building these worlds. It's like, let us live in it a little bit. It's just like, it's way too fast for me. Yeah, But I, I thought have, in general, I, hopes, I thought it was, I thought it looked really, I, I did like the way Cousin Dune looked at I, I thought it was cool. I agree. I thought, and I'm just like, think I'm hoping that we're going to spend more time there. Like I'm, I'm, we're probably not, but in my mind, I think Yeah. I never, I wasn't disappointed yet. Cause I was like, 
oh, this is going to be a great place to explore. But you're right, we probably won't. Yeah, I, I agree. I want to explore it more. I also just thought it wasn't, it somehow wasn't as interesting as the Kaza Doom in the movies. So I was like, what are that we was at? deserted. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it was more interesting when it was like ruins um, than somehow than, than what I'm seeing here. Mm. But um, before Elrond even met like Disa, right, they have like that rock breaking competition. He invokes mm-hmm. the right um, to, to basically to gain entry into Kaza Doom. And, it, and it's a stone breaking contest. Him and Durin have to break stone one stone at a time and whoever gives up first is out um and he's going to be banished from from the kingdom uh, from all dwarf kingdoms forever what did, this is when i said earlier uh, in in our recording that this kind of felt like filler stuff this is was top of mind of what i was thinking i was like really we're just like breaking stones so that they can even like talk to each other it wasn't particularly funny or interesting or even dramatic at all like we know that they're going to get along and and and, and talk it was just it was just something that didn't, Stalling. didn't sequence that didn't add anything like it didn't add character development it didn't add humor it didn't add drama uh so i i kind of hated that whole sequence but i was happy once we got away from it and we actually got to meet the family and learn a little bit about their history and stuff okay i'll i'll disagree with you there i really liked it i really yeah. really liked it i think the actor playing elrond did a remarkable job from the second he sees durian through this entire rock breaking competition of like looking confused like he doesn't really understand he's like maybe durian's just messing with me like maybe this or that and then he gets to the elevator and he half expects it to like all kind of be a joke and then he's like you get that i think it's like a a really lovely intro to where they're on the elevator talking to each other which is such an emotionally charged conversation i think that that's earned because of what we just went through like what he's literally making him do just to have an audience with him and you can tell how mad Darian is and how standoffish he is and I think the actors here just did such a good job with all that subtlety mm. yeah no that, that's fair I yeah I, I, I still it's disagree, okay to like, disagree I, I think, yeah, like, yeah, yeah uh, I think um also Duran was just like mad at him for missing his wedding and the birth of his kids and there was that good line of like 20 years, maybe a blink of an eye for an elf, right? But it's I've lived an entire lifetime in that time span. I was like, I kind of get it. And then I was like, <laughs> I kind of get why he's upset, but I also am kind of like, it's just dwarves kind of being dwarves a little bit. And so it's just kind of like, just want to move on and get to more interesting things. Oh, I like, thought this was the, like one of the most interesting things in the two episodes. I like, this is like what I'm here for is like, Kelly, these you want to break this tie? Yeah, I'm like, these guys are, fr- they've long been friends. One is hurt. How are they going to solve this? And I'm like, this is the kind of stuff, like their chemistry in this conversation is like what sucked me into episode two. Like I really like was uh, very, opposite. really like loved all this stuff. I I see both opinions. Oh, I definitely- <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, not done. Uh, no, I think it was, I thought it was a very fun and creative way to show a little bit more of like dwarf culture, you could say. Um, So I appreciate that um, and trying to recreate this like happy energy that the elves are, that the dwarves like typically invoke, the humor, the lightheartedness, the whatever. Um, But I do agree that like we lived in it way too long. and I do felt like there was, it felt like it was stalling. So I felt like pacing wise, 
it didn't feel completely necessary. So I guess it felt like a little forced. Um, so I, I, I see both ways. I'm not sure that's a tie break. Um, well, yeah, we'll just call it a tie on this one because we're this is how we do this podcast every <laughs> season. Uh, out, yeah. out of the four um, four major storylines, I think that this was like far and away like my second favorite one. And I was like, I think it, I, we'll talk more about this with the ne- um, probably the next one that we're talking about. But like, I think they did a really good job of, I felt like I knew a lot about the dwarves coming into this and just seeing these few scenes and like, I felt like I already knew like what kind of vibe we were getting from them, like what kind of history they've been through and who they are now as a people. And I, I appreciated the time we spent there. Yeah. All right. Um, they have dinner. Eventually uh, they agree to like hear Elrond's proposal for them. And then later on we see um, Durin going, Prince Durin going to King Durin III, his father who is untrusting and um, he's basically like, doesn't trust Elrond no matter kind of like how friendly he seems um, and seems to be coveting something shiny, which is probably the, what is it called? The Arkenstone or whatever from, from the Hobbit. I don't know, could be something like that. I'm we'll find that. out, we'll find out. Let's jump to Arendir, a guy we haven't really talked, uh, haven't seen or really talked about it all yet. Um, so Aaron Deer is this elf uh, who is um, living in uh, in an outpost in the Southlands, um, and basically they they are tasked with keeping a watch on this people in the town of um, Tira. Uh, oof, Tira Harad. I don't know how to say it. Tara Hote, Tara Hote, Indiana. Yeah, sure. Um, and they're, they're basically, these are, these are, uh, these are, this is a village of men that fought f- f- on the side of the orcs um, during the battles uh, and, and the wars previously. And so this outpost is meant to keep an eye on these, these humans uh, and, and keep an eye out for any rising evils, I suppose. And yeah, what are, what, how do we, how are we feeling about Aaron Deer, y'all? Snooze right like yeah. i can't i can't figure this this was this performance and of this boring guy, and i don't know the guy's playing Aaron Deere. i don't know him i i don't know if he's giving a deliberate performance uh that we're that is going to pay off later but i can't tell where he's coming from like i don't know what's going on with him um i'm not i'm not buying him as like a badass at all uh yet um he seems like overly grim and, and moody um all and these scenes are there, dark there's nothing there for me to grab onto at all yeah, and like, we're, he's just a vehicle for these other things to, to happen so far but like an empty vessel it's, it's kind okay. of my he was snoozy there. and her name bronwyn and i like that actress but she felt kind of out of place to me in this her outfit was something i think i wore from forever 21 in like 2009 <laughs> like i couldn't really pick up the whole vibe of this and you know how i love a forbidden romance like you know like i'm like going into this i'm like oh here we go an elf and a human like mm-hmm. i'm all, I, but i was just so not into this i don't know why i can't put my finger on why I'm with you. i wasn't quite as turned off by this storyline as it sounds like you guys were I agree that Bronwyn 
I'm like not there yet either. And I was, her outfit was distracting, which is comical because she's wearing like a flowy dress, but the cut of the dress, quite frankly, I felt was distractingly low (laughs) because I am a 12 year old boy. And it was just like, it just, the outfit felt just a little too composed, like almost a little too contemporary. I found it it was yeah like everyone else is in like very like it was not a period piece at all like I swear to god I have that in my closet swear yeah like yeah I probably have something uh similar as well so she I I don't and as far as um Iran dear yeah a little overly stoic a little grim again I think it's I think it's an acting challenge to play an elf like a like a Tolkien elf I do think that's like a tall order I'm, I think there's something to be, I, I think Arandir will, I, it, it seems like they're setting him up to be like this awesome warrior. And again, based on the trailers, it looks like he has some really cool stunts. I hope they deliver on that end. I'm reserving my judgment a little bit for that character. I, I think we're going to see, see more. And I think his performance, quite frankly, is for an elf is like so far I'm I'm on board I just feel like he was kind of trying to be like Aragorn and I wasn't really buying it sure I get that um I'm I also love a forbidden romance but I it's definitely not I don't find that like interesting with this particular storyline. I more want to see what happens to them separately. Like, okay, I want to see what happens with Bronwyn and her son. Who her cle- son, Theo. Theo, who, talk about Theo. Yeah. Who looks like maybe they're of like Asian descent or something. I don't know. I know that like I shouldn't be distracted by that, but I couldn't help but be like, oh, I'd love to like see your dad. <laughs> Well, um, is it? Yeah. Am I the only one? Like, I think. Yeah, Aaron, is, it supposed, is, is it supposed to be Arandir is well, the I dad? Mean, they no, already I thought... to, like, he doesn't know who his dad is. And like his dad ran off. He has no idea who the, the dad is or whatever. They've got this forbidden love that has a lot of history. My my guess is just like, you ever mentioned that somebody's got like a missing dad. It's probably one of the main characters. No, and you think Arandir is his dad? So, okay, here's guess, where I'm right. coming That's from. I don't think that Arandir and her have ever made love is the vibe I'm getting from them. And two, isn't Theo like holding this like relic sword of yeah. Sauron's and it yes. keeps like lighting on fire? Yeah. I think he is like evil blood. I think he is like Morgothian blood. And like these were people who Could took be. the orc like- and like Morgoth's side. I think that he's like, he, she might not even be his mom. You know what I mean? She she could have been like, I found this baby. I took it in and raised him as my son. He could be like a totally evil spirited kid with like bad blood, dark blood in him. And that's why the sword keeps lighting up. I guess I kind of, yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's an awesome, if that's the case, cool. Like I would love to see that. <laughs> I, I just assumed that the way that Sauron has power in the one ring, I just kind of assumed there was some kind of, he had like, there, he was also like, that sword is also powerful. Like there's some power yeah, there from Sauron. I just kind of thought that there was like that pull. Yeah. Itself. Yeah. That's kind of the way I was drawn to it. it. The way that people are drawn like to the ring. Be, yeah. He definitely could be mm. some sort of, he definitely could have like an, an evil 
dad. My vibe that I was picking up from Aaron Deer and Bronwyn was they had like a history and like had to end it and like things have been like weird since then, but like they they had to end it to for like the protection of like Theo, maybe. Like if it was their kid, it was like, okay, well, we can't like be seen together because then like Theo's in danger because these everybody in the town hates elves and is kind of racist assholes in some ways not but like Arandir is the dad that I would find that comical just casting wise me too I, I and can't so get I'm up. hoping that that's not the case yeah that'd be so annoying if that were the case I because like also they like vibe her in the tavern when they're like well like we're not friendly with the elves well some of us aren't friendly with the elves they like get in a little comment like they right. like people kind of notice wouldn't they know if she just like turned up pregnant and had this like Asian baby? Wouldn't they be like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's I mean, from you're that. Probably right. You're probably right. Um, yeah, I feel like uh, oh no. Hopefully, but anyway, like, and I'm did, very welcome. I don't know how you guys feel about like that whole tunnel scene. Are we getting? Yeah. Do you want to talk? So yeah, so like or? cool things are kind of happening with Aradir's storyline, right? Love like. So he's, uh, the elves are being called back to, to the kingdom. They're abandoning all the outposts. And so Aaron is like, I got to go home. Ronwyn, I'm like, sorry. There, there's like, he wants to stay. She wants him to stay kind of, but he's got to go. But then this dude shows up with this cow that he milked, that Aaron Deer milks and it's spits out a bunch of black milk. And so he's like, where did this come from? This cow is feeding on grass up in this other town uh, north of there. Um, so they have to go to that town to investigate. They get there. The town is like on fire. There's all these holes in the ground. It looks like an earthquake had happened. There's all these like fissures everywhere. Uh, they go into one of the houses. There's a big hole that's been deliberately dug out by who knows what. Um, and so, yeah, Stacey, you wanted to talk about the, this whole sequence. Like and- this whole sequence and the following sequence of like the creature coming up out of like Theo's house and attacking them felt like it was like out of a different show or movie. Like I felt like I was watching like it or stranger things or something. Like it just didn't feel like, well, Lord of, Lord of the Rings. Well, I think like there's a fair amount of like horror kind of sequence in, in the trilogy and the trilogy does kind of like dip in and out of genres sometimes. Right. Of like, very scary at times and then very comedic very light and comical at times uh so it didn't it didn't feel out of place to me in that sense and it was initially when she was like hiding in the cabinet and like looking at what is it an orc a goblin what do we think of it do we know for no. sure yet and we it didn't get to get like a an good orc look at it of sorts yeah. wearing like a that mask. very like or like that that bone yeah, it was wearing like, wearing like a, a skull, deer head kind of skull almost, and they they burrowed under the ground from the other town to uh, to this town of uh, Tirharad, whatever. T T town. They burst up under the floor, almost get Theo. Theo is hiding in this compartment. Bronwyn comes in, and then she like hides in the cupboard. And I thought it was cool. Like she, we, we were getting the POV from like her, her perspective uh, uh, from the cupboard and like, she can only see a little slit and then like, she kind of like moves a little bit and we, the creature goes out of frame. Then the creature's gone. And I was like, Ooh, this is a little spooky. I kind of like this. Uh, what, what kind of threw me off um, were the hands. They put a lot of emphasis on the hands of this creature. Yeah. That clearly didn't, yeah, the <laughs> the claws. Um, that clearly didn't look like, 
you know, I know a goblin and an orc hand and it didn't look like either one, but then we turn, we find out like, oh, okay. It is just one of those creatures. So I felt a little disappointed in the sense that I thought I was going to see something new. I'm like, why is this thing wearing a mask? I just, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, I had some minor annoyances. Yeah, what? This, I don't know. I couldn't figure any of this out. This all, yeah. <laughs> this whole, this whole I, story felt then, like then, different vibes to me. Right. Cause then like they open up the cabinet and then it's just very quickly Theo jumps at it, stabs it and they're all kind of fighting it. And I, I didn't see any real fear on anybody's faces after that. Theo seemed to have it handled. Theo's like ready. He's like, I'm going to tie a noose real quick with this rope and yeah, he like it. And throw it over this orc's <laughs> like neck and like jump off the, the loft and, and hang the thing. And I was like, this kid's like got crazy skills. Like, and it yeah, is. Yeah, because he's really Morgoth Jr. Yeah. He's Sauron's son. I mean, Could come on. Be. Use your heads, people. Yeah, but that 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 kid Theo's kind of annoying me a little bit. I'm like, he's he's just I don't know. He's good. he's kind of like an evil little kid, and evil little kids are kind of annoying. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. I would say this is my least favorite out of. This is my four out of four. If the dwarfs are my two out of four, this is my four out of four. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so Bronwyn cuts off the head of the thing, puts it on the the bar in town, and is like, "We're all leaving. We you got to go. Like we 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 all got to get out of here. We're in danger." And so now the town believes her, and they uh, they run off or they they're migrating back to the Elvish outpost for safety. And Theo takes the blade of Sauron or whatever it is with him, and it glows in his hand. Any other thoughts on Aaron Deer that we want to get out before we jump to Nori in the Harfoots? Sword, come on, guys. <laughs> I'm not like that bummed about this storyline. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm on board. Um, it's where the most exciting stuff is happening, I think. Like the in terms of like this is where this is the front line of good versus evil right now in this. Yeah, story. and I also think that because they are characters that we're not, or at least that I'm not very familiar with. I am more open to just what they're doing versus like having a Galadriel, having Elrond, having these characters that you know that you have these, you kind of know the outcome. It's like, I don't know the outcome for these characters. So it's kind of the first storyline. I guess the Harfoots are like this as well, but where I'm getting like, I'm feeling an air of suspense more than I am with some of the other storylines. I think that's true. Yeah. I think I just wish I was more interested in Erendir as a character. Sure, sure. No, Uh, I get that. Yeah. Um, so we uh, let's jump all the way back to the Harfoots, who are like proto hobbits. Like they're the hobbits of the Second Age. They're, I guess, what will probably become hobbits eventually. Uh, they're living simply. Uh, they're they, they live by the seasons. They're they're nomadic. They their homes are hobbit esque, but they're a little bit more uh camouflage like they they're i i was having a lot of fun when the the harfords pop first popped up i was like i like this because it's kind of ewoky because like they're completely <laughs> hidden i'm a sucker for give me a sniper in a ghillie suit that pops on frame that i couldn't see him before because he's got grass all over him i'm like wow he was so hidden i'm a sucker for this kind of stuff so i was like <laughs> i was like great they're hobbits slash ewoks slash hippies slash uh it, they're great i'm loving the harfoots at first one out of four number one <laughs> love the harfoots 
I would watch a show just about the Harfoots. They're oh, so, for real, you're, you're in. You're so in. compelling. Like, they're yeah. so fun and joyful, and there's still darkness. Uh, to me, like, everything about the Harfoots feels like I'm watching Lord of the Rings. It just, mm-hmm. uh, like, I feel like I'm back in the Shire. Like, I just, it feels good. I did love their introduction. I kind of wish that every maybe not every, but I wish that we had more of that world building and development with some of these other locations. Um, Cause like, right. When we meet the Harvards, it's like, Oh, we are really learning everything about how they live. And I think that that adds like such a richness to the world. Um, and yeah, it, it was cool to see kind of the immediate connections from like Harfoots to Hobbits. I do think again the costuming is a little distracting. I'm like, what is this shit in their hair? The, all I'm the like, ones in their yeah. The I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I just I feel like it's it's again. There's something about it that just feels a little too contemporary to me, and that takes me out of it. But that's like such a minute note. I think in general, it, they're really really fun, and this is like the heart of the series. Like it's with these. It's with these uh harfoots yeah like, harfoots the, got the and heart whoever is playing nori mm. a plus she's great i think um markella kavanaugh love her i love i her. think she i think she's doing a great job i will say that her character this this uh kind of inquisitive recklessly inquisitive curious relentlessly curious um kid that uh you know just thinks that there's something more out there and like one and it's a little bit of frodo but it's also a little bit of like bilbo bilbo for sure um uh for some reason it's it's just like it (laughs) i i the second episode i came around to her more but after the first episode i was like she's gonna get these harfoots in so much fucking trouble somehow like she's gonna like meddle in some shit when she should have just like listened to her parents and and like listened to the village because like y'all got a great life you're all living it up you've got to figure it out everybody's having a great time and she's gonna fuck it up somehow by like by by getting too investigative with something or whatever but then like her what what becomes her plot line in the second one of kind of like taking care of the the comet man the stranger uh you mean jesus <laughs> jesus uh i i was kind of like oh this is more interesting and the way she talked about like kind of like feeling like oh i'm i was the one who was supposed to find him like somehow i feel like that that's true i was like okay i i'm i'm liking this more and it's but at first i was a little wary of her yeah that's what's like so interesting about the harfoots living you know roving from place to place instead of the hobbits living in the shire it's the exact opposite right like when the hobbits in the shire like bilbo and frodo want to go out and have an adventure they leave they don't really put the shire at risk they go out and do their thing but her whole thing she's and she's talking to her friend poppy and they're she's like look if anything goes wrong if you mess with this like you are going to be blamed for everything that goes wrong within our community and it is like the stakes are so much higher for her to be taking care of this man the stranger here you're right like it is it's stressful and the stakes are high and I, I just love it. I'm so on board. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I came around even more to like their initial introduction 
was like, yes, this is great. Then we got to know Nori a little bit more. I'm like, I don't know, it's not going to be great. But then this, the second episode happened and and uh, the, the stranger landed and she's got to take care of the stranger. And I was like, uh, and just like learning more, spending more time with the Harfoots and like their weird superstitions. Like you just pointed out, Stacy and the astrologer guy talking about the sky is strange. And uh, and uh, how many more signs do we need? We have to like leave tonight. I was like, this is a compelling group of people in a way that the other four plot lines don't have a compelling group of people at all. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I want to like spend more time in this. Whereas like, I don't even know any of the other elves in, in the elvish capital. Like, you know. I mean, they've clearly more. just established yeah. this group really, really well. Like you can tell a lot of time went into it versus like the others. It just doesn't feel like they don't feel as cared for. It feels like the Harfoots were really cared for. Um, and that difference is really evident. Yeah, yeah. I would agree um, with that. And, yeah. I, and they all seem to have like such chemistry with each other. And like, maybe it's like a tone that was set among the community, but like, I don't even feel like Bronwyn and Arendir have like chemistry. Like, I just feel like they really placed all of their bets here on just like the... The, the community aspect of this group and that's what makes it feel like it's so it draws me in so much I want to follow the story and say, I want to see how all of them do not just well and that's like I think the Harfoots are the plot line that has the pathos and the warmth and the human aspects to like draw an audience in um so I feel like that's going to be their responsibility like I'm fully expecting them to be like the heart of of the yeah. series which is like what the hobbits were in Lord of the Rings so it, it makes yeah. sense yeah it's a yeah. it's a it's like a selfless journey that she's on she wants to take care of him because she wants to take care of him and everyone else is on kind of like their own doing their own thing yeah and I like her relationship with her friends too I don't, I don't poppy. know love poppy poppy yeah poppy is Poppy's a writer great ride or die telling him telling her that she won't help her as she's carrying the wheelchair or wheelbarrow <laughs> ride or die poppy <laughs> poppy's yeah, great yeah. yeah um yeah so they're kind of just like hanging out for for the most of the first episode and just kind of like being like oh the sky is strange don't trust strangers kind of just like learning about their culture when the comet crashes at the end of the episode and her, and nori discovers them and it's this naked man huddled in this pit. Um, and then we pick up with the second episode with him. And Nori goes to wake him. Uh, and it, the, this man kind of wakes up. And he's got the these powers where it kind of dark, puts out the, the fire around him for a second. And then it, then it comes back and he kind of passes out again. And it feels very similar to a certain wizard's powers, right? Can we just call him Gandalf? Yeah, right? Like, okay. that's definitely who he it's is. It's definitely Gandalf, right? Right? <laughs> yeah. Kelly? Um, I mean, it definitely seems like what what made me think of that was just the interaction with the, like, lightning bugs. I was like, oh, okay, that seems like he's talking to these bugs the same way he talked to the moths on top of yeah. or things. So that's where I was like, oh, okay. I don't know. I didn't like, necessarily think it was maybe Gandalf, but I was like, oh, it's definitely some kind of wizard. I thought it, it looks looks just like yeah, it looks like just like him. Yeah. You think it looks like Ian McKellen? I think it looks just like Ian McKellen, like from, a young profile. Like, yeah. yeah. 
From a profile, oh, it looks wow. like one one, I think. Ian McKellen's also, nose is so bulbous and prominent, but yeah. I'm happy to call him Gandalf. I mean, yeah, we can, you know, we'll call him the stranger. We'll 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 go with the show. We'll call him the stranger. I literally thought like in like episode two, she was gonna say something and he was gonna be like like he was gonna like compress her words and like take the name Gandalf. And I was gonna be like, that's where <laughs> I literally Which, thought it was like so on the nose that Yeah. And it's 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 a little exciting, right? We're kind of getting like Gandalf's origin story a little bit. Like we know we talked about in our preview episode to the to this coming out how Gandalf is like the same species of being as the, as the Balrog. So like, of course he's going to have some crazy <laughs> birth uh, basically <laughs> into earth, right? Like he's got to be, he's, he comes from the gods um, uh, in, 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 in Tolkien lore. So like um, it's, it's cool to like see this play out, but I'm also a little bit like, all right, like it, it's them trying to tease out something that we already know. So I'm kind of just like, it's kind of like doing origin stories in like the MCU. It's like, what's great about Spider-Man is seeing Spider-Man be fucking Spider-Man, right? Like, I just want to see the hero just being the hero already. I don't necessarily always need or want to see the hero figuring it out. Um, and knowing, yeah. having so much good stuff to pull from the trilogy, it's a little bit like we're kind of just killing time here until he figures out that he's Gandalf or, and what his mission is, I guess. I, I'm like not so bothered by that. I think it, if they do it in the way I want them to do it, which is like, mm -hmm. like a, like kind of like a slow buildup and then like a big unleashing of his powers all at once. You know, like the moment he realizes like what he can do, he maybe helps the Harfoots in some huge way. And yeah. we're like, yeah, like a big like cheer moment. Like that's what I'm in for. Like a Gandalf riding down, like, we see him Hopefully. start to like I want him to be his big dramatic self you know he's yeah. very extra we've talked about this I want to see that happen but like <laughs> all at once you know I don't mind a slow burn for Gandalf if it pays off yeah I think I agree I think in general we have these pretty elementary storylines that they are going to stretch so thin to fulfill 10 one-hour episodes in this first season so I think I'm I think the pacing it's weird because some things are really really fast and then some things are like so drawn out so the pacing to me is like a little inconsistent yes. yeah. you know um but I want to go back to when the comet we see like this like comet flying over did y'all see the ends and a potential endling yeah no, no. that was exciting yeah. it was a second it was a second I was very tired during episode one. <laughs> it was That's so late fair. at night. All my lights were off. And there were moments where I was kind of do dozing a little bit. <laughs> and you would have like, missed well, it. How many minutes left? <laughs> it was, it was very, a very, very it was like, it was like silhouette. I assume that's what it is, but it's like you're in a forest for like two seconds and you kind of see like a little entling too quickly for an end move to what you would assume was like an end um kind of like oh like they were being scared it was really right. exciting i'm gonna go back and and watch yeah it's very quick but it, it was it was that. lovely i feel like it's just gonna be i mean i don't know that what's 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 a little exciting about this show right is that they do have a plan across five seasons they kind mm -hmm. of know what they're gonna do and so I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt in a lot of places that are like maybe slow and draggy or feel fillery. I'm like, okay, well, maybe this stuff is going to like pay off down the line. The ends could be an example of that, right? We just saw uh, like two frames of them, um, hopefully. 
it did but it, it kind of also felt like hey here, here's some stuff for the lord of the rings fans like we'll just give you a quick peek hey, we a, know what ends uh, are yeah, we know what you like and yeah um but hopefully you know i would love to see some more ends on screen that would be uh, a lot of fun um yeah and and so like basically where we end with nori and poppy right is like uh the stranger breaks open their firefly lantern and arranges the fireflies against the night sky into a constellation which i think nori says she's never seen before right but like she knows who to ask it's probably gonna be the astrology guy right but it seems to be the key to maybe finding i don't know the stranger's home or whatever his potential purpose is maybe right um and 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 that's pretty much it we did a little bit of out of order uh, of uh of the sequence of events in the episodes but those are the kind of like four main storylines that, that that we see the chunk of it so um excited for things to come i i in in some ways also just continue to be a little bit guarded and a little bit skeptical i'm just like you know th- this was an okay premiere i i think at the end of the day like this show is going to be fine like it's going to be at, at the very worst it's going to be acceptable like it's like but you're making this you're making a show off of one of the best trilogies ever and it's kind of like what are you adding here is my question is like ultimately what are you going to give me that was worth this adventure and i just hope that i just hope that it's worth it in the end that's how I, and that's how i feel about the harfoots and the dwarves if they do a good job with those i'll be like okay i'm happy that yeah. i got to see those i gave you guys my order for which storylines i like best i'd like to know your orders Oh, okay. I am still into Gladriel. Um, I, I her, but after the second episode, it kind of dropped. So maybe, maybe Harfoot's one, maybe Gladriel two. Uh, uh with Elrond, and then uh, what's his name? Arondir. Arondir. Yeah. I think I. I'm going to go in reverse. So four would be Elrond and the dwarves. I'm just like not wow. really there yet. Okay. Um, three, I guess, Arondir and Bronwyn storyline, two Galadriel and one Harfoots. Oh, okay. So we're all Harfoot one, but I'm, I have the dwarves high. Oh, wait. The dwar- I had, oh, you mean I like had dwarves the- and Elrond is yeah. two, Galadriel three, Arondir and Bronwyn. Yeah, I mean, I think the dwarves have been the most interesting part of Elrond's storyline thus far. So, like, let's hope the dwar- if the dwarves stick around, Elrond's plotline might get like a bump up. But um, Plus we're gonna. That's I mean, that's clearly where they're making the rings, right? Like what whatever they're building. Yeah, or I don't know I if they're gonna like recruit them to build it somewhere. I think I think it is built somewhere else um in, in Tolkien lore, but who knows? No, but I just mean like that Smith thing, whatever they're building, that's where the rings are being made. Oh, we yeah. didn't talk about the opening title sequence in the score and all oh, over the second episode. Stand. Yeah, yeah. I really liked the opening sequence and I thought the the score was great. And the score in general. Uh, though it's not our boy Howard Shore, though Howard Shore did the main theme, the the credit mm-hmm. theme. Um, I thought the score in general has been been good. I don't know. I'm not ready to call it great, but it's been it's been good. I think it's sufficed. I agree. I think a good a testament to a good score is almost not noticing it right away. It's like very organic and a part of the world. So yeah, I agree. I think his name is like Bear Mc. McCarthy, Bear McCarthy or something. I think it's, it's, yeah, it's good. And yeah, the main title theme is like, 
incredible. It, it was enough. It was enough newness and enough of like the movie that that made me feel <laughs> um, okay with everything. Like, I mean, Howard Howard Shore is just like a genius. I I can't help but just be like, oh yeah, whatever he does, I'm just gonna I'm gonna love it. So I guess I'm probably not the best person to ask. Um, my last thought about it was I thought it was cool looking and I liked that it was. I, I think it was all practical. Like, I think they were doing some effects with like rocks and sand and uh, just doing like some kind of editing effects over it, but not any like CGI or whatever. But also just kind of also felt like generic prestige TV title credits where I'm like, we're working in the Tolkien universe here. I kind of wanted to see something different. Like there's so much to pull from and kind of all we get is just kind of like sand assembled into... Visually, I didn't think that it's like I think it's pretty boring. Um, but I'm I'm there for the music. I thought both the music and the visuals were boring. Oh, really? Wow. I think it was maybe too subtle for me. You know what I mean? Like if I want to go on this big like epic adventure with these high stakes and stuff, like I just wanted like a something with a little bit more power, something that wasn't like I don't know that's fair it, it didn't it didn't feel i couldn't even like hum the tune to you and after i'll tell you after day one of game of thrones i could hum the tune so that's that's the bar that's that's fair um it would have been very game of thronesy to do it but if we could have integrated some some maps and some geography in there would have loved that because yeah one of the things i love about lord of the rings reading the books or whatever is just like getting into those maps and figuring out the lay of the land of the whole world so well especially because they're i mean i think it's just a tool for the audience because they're jumping around so much like i don't care what it emulates it's like i want to know where we're going folks like i want (laughs) to see some stuff yeah game of thrones is helpful with that like those opening credits it's like oh okay we're we're winterfell is in the north yeah Yeah, um i also feel like i wasn't sure how the sand fitting quite yet i'm sure it'll be explained but like for a series that beats you over the head already with light and dark like why are we talking about sand show me fire, show me darkness, show me shadows. You know what I mean? Like episode two was literally like in the dark and talking about things that were bright. It was like the most metaphorical shit I've ever had explained to me via lighting. Yeah. Oh God, Uh, we didn't even, we didn't even put the button on that, right? So at the end of the episode one, Finrod, we hear what Finrod tells Galadriel. Do you guys remember what it was? was, Just um, follow your heart or something. (laughs) Like, wasn't it like believe in yourself? Like, remember clear eyes full hearts basically the sum of it right (laughs) yeah i was like why do they whisper this ted lasso Uh, said this like three months ago well i'm i guys i'm excited to get mike back in here next week and and find out what his thoughts are i know that that he i know that he's overwhelmingly more positive than than us collectively i would say yes Um, so i'm excited so people that are upset at us right now because you're loving the show. I'm sorry uh, if you're upset with our takes. I think I think we gave it pretty even-handed. I think we were pretty fair. Uh, but stay, stick around. Mike is coming back next week. Uh, and and uh, yeah, he'll probably have the shows back. So if you're a fan, tune in to, to our next episode. And I am, I will say, I am excited. Like, I'm excited to see where the show goes. But I am also just going to be like, 
heavily skeptical, which I feel like is totally fine to do with an expensive ass show. Like, I think you have one for me personally, it's like you have this very cherished, um, fantasy epic, but then you also have an Amazon series that's throwing a billion dollars at the show. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have high expectations. And I don't think there's like anything wrong with that. But also we need, before we go, we have to do winners and losers. Oh, God. oh wow. my God. I totally forgot. I know. Let's all take okay. a minute. <laughs> wow. right. Great call. Kelly. I, again, I don't know how many episodes of this show we've done. I, every time I forget that we do. It sneaks up on you. It, it really does. Okay. I'll do my winner. Okay. Start with winners. Is um, Elrond. Okay. Because I think he just kind of accomplishes everything he needs to accomplish he like talks galadriel down he's working well with the king he gets a special mission he makes friends again with his old pal like that's not an easy thing to do when someone's been mad at you for 20 years and i think he does it really tactfully and he has like a nice time and he's gonna get the dwarves on board so i think i think he's on the up and up i think he's my winner it's a great winner I'll give Nori the the win here. I think uh, just as a character, she really came, like she really grew on me. Um, and then also like within her plot line, like I feel like she's kind of found kind of like her purpose in life almost, uh, or like her purpose at least for the for the rest of the mm-hmm. series um, and taking care of this, this stranger and trusting her intuition and um, is going to set us off on hopefully a cool, chain of events uh with, with the harfoots and with with nori so uh i'll go with nori that's a great one i guess i'll go with this one that's like i don't even really like but galadriel purely based on the fact that she found something to float on at sea um <laughs> good for you galadriel yeah she needed yeah. that flotation device with like a hot man on it right i mean that's the with dream like, if you're, yeah if you're stranded in the ocean I mean, why not? Why not shoot for the moon? Agreed. Yeah. All right. Coming back around. Do you have a loser, Kelly? Yes. I think my loser, my loser is Bronwyn. Things feel very stressful for her. There's a, <laughs> we, we have this um, forbidden romance we have her weird, like, I think my nomination for her comes from stuff that maybe she doesn't know yet, but being on the outside, I'm just like, oh, this is like not looking very good. Um, she has this, like her son who is into some shenanigans. She had this horrifically scary thing come up from her floor and like, try to kill her. Mm. She, you know, the nearby village was like, destroyed i just think there's there's a lot going on and quite frankly it just seems very stressful mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's a great one uh, um, before, before we aaron dear he gets sucked into the vines does he ever come back out no no okay so he's he's yeah. probably gonna be my loser although because uh, i mean he got sucked in um that's never good no yeah. it's not positive at all um but then my original my original one was Nori's dad. He broke oh, his yeah. ankle, and everyone's worried about if he's going to be able to migrate with them. Oh, and that looks like a bad break too. That was rough. Guys, that was a rough what break. Do, what do they do? They ass- leave them behind? Do they like kill them? Like, what do they do? I don't know. Put them on a stretcher, maybe. Made of leaves and sticks. No, maybe maybe like, um, Gandalf helps. Yeah, could be. I mean, you mean the stranger? <laughs> I mean, sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean the stranger. <laughs> 
My loser is a little character we didn't discuss. Eamon. Eamon is that gross-looking dude on the ship who <laughs> is just a real asshole. He's just got, like, he's, his face is all chapped, he's dry, um, and and uh, him and, you know, his and the rest of the people, except Halbrand, all get killed by that sea worm. So that him, you know, uh, God, I forgot his name is again, Eamon and his friends, you're my losers. So that'll do it uh, for, for this episode um, of Beacons Are Lit. Uh, so please leave, rate and review our podcast wherever you're listening. If you leave a review um, wherever you're listening, you that automatically enters you into pri- like a raffle, I guess we're going to do eventually. And we're going to give a prize of something Lord of the Ringsy away to whoever uh, leaves us a review. Um, and if wherever you're rating podcasts and uh, doesn't allow you to also review them you can email beacons at xroadscomedy.com also check out xroadscomedy.com for a bunch of other great podcasts and upcoming live uh, comedy shows thank you to the fellowship uh we appreciate you greatly today <laughs> we're shorthanded down mike so kelly thank you stacy thank you and thank all of you for listening bye, bye. bye.